Welcome to Basecamp for Men. I'm your host, Tony Rezac. This is a show that gives you insights and resources on how to live a more courageous life. We'll be looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome and let's get started. There are so many things I love about doing this podcast. To be able to explore the nature of all things human and offer some resources and assistance to we the people is a great honor for me. I also love that I can pivot at a moment's notice to offer a different perspective to the events that are unfolding, acting as an agent for the Great Awakening. When I did episode 64, Vaccine Question and Answer, with Dr. Jennifer Margulies, we questioned the vaccine rollout and whether or not it would be safe for people. I'm always wary of telling people what to do. What you do with your own health and your life is not any of my business, just as my choices are none of yours. Episode 64 was flagged and banned all over social media. It was also a great success for Basecamp for Men. Even though my friends and family on the left were whispering anti-vaxxer and conspiracy theorists behind my back, I knew that if big tech was kicking me off their platform, as Twitter did, and banning my episodes, as Facebook and Google did, then I was over the target, as they say in the military. I have a sense that when all is told and done, the vaccination program currently being rolled out by Big Pharma will be a health disaster. We are already well on our way, whether you realize it or not. We all know lots of people that have received them, and for many liberals, everyone they know is fully vaccinated and ready to step up to the needle again just as soon as the so-called authorities tell them that it is time. Data scientist Cliff High says that his algorithms show that soon, 19 out of 20 Democrats will be fully vaccinated, as opposed to only one in four conservatives. Think about that for a second. If the vaccine program proves to be a health disaster, it will be particularly devastating to the people and families on the left. I say this with compassion and concern. The mainstream media is suppressing so much information from we the people. Large groups of medical experts, doctors, have banded together to sound the alarm bells around these experimental and untested quote-unquote vaccines. The mainstream media has completely suppressed this story. If you're on the left, you have not heard a peep from your sources. Recently, four British airway pilots all died within days of receiving the vaccine. All were in perfect health between the ages of 35 and 55. Again, the mainstream media said nothing as they continue to work against we the people. Sometimes the best way to reach people is by sharing a story to illustrate something, something truthful that occurs in your inner circle, which is what I will do today. Just a week ago, I got a terrifying text message from my close friend Howard telling me something happened to his young daughter Isabel after she received the Johnson & Johnson shot. Let's go talk to both of them about exactly what happened. My guest today has the distinction of being the youngest guest on Base Camp for Men, by far. Isabel Ferguson is a bright, intuitive young woman who just graduated from high school and will be heading to culinary school in Paris and then on to Villanova for undergraduate school. Also on the show is my close friend and Isabel's father, Howard Ferguson. Isabel and Howard have a harrowing story to share with you and a message for young adults and their parents. Here's my interview with Isabel and Howard Ferguson. Okay, I'm here with Isabel Ferguson, friend of the family, friend of the show, Isabel Ferguson. Isabel, welcome to Base Camp for Men. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, you have the distinction of being the youngest uh, guest on my show. How old are you? 18. 
18. So fantastic. Cause you're probably the only one of your friends that's been on a podcast, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you're, you're the first, you're, you're now considered a thought leader because you've been on a podcast. So good job. That's cool. It is very cool. Yeah. And, uh, and you were the one I, I mentioned you in another episode. I said, I had a young woman that asked me why that I meant, why I named the show base camp for men. And I explained it to you, but it was very thought provoking. You said it should be maybe named something that's for everyone because the content's really good. It was really sweet of you to say that. And it brought up that that was an issue for me prior that I was like, should I keep the name? And for now we're keeping the name, but um, we definitely talked about that. Cause I'm like, you know, Isabel brought up, you know, should I rename the show? Should I do a second show? And I was like, I can't do a second show. It's gotta be this one. So, um, and I guess this, this show, I wanted to, we have an episode I want to go over in terms of something that recently happened to you, but I wanted to ask you, you're 18. Uh, how are people your age feeling about the vaccinations in general? Like, are they, we live in a very liberal city in Seattle, you and I. Yeah. Are young people your age, you're just getting out of high school, are they, for the most part, saying, yes, of course, I want to be vaccinated? Is there a lot of questioning? Is it like 50-50? Like, what's the temperature for your generation right now around this issue? Unfortunately, I found that pretty much everyone I've talked to, aside from like cousins, are very on board with the vaccine and very pushy. Like before I had gotten it, people would be asking me constantly, have you gotten it? Have you gotten Mm -hmm. it? Like, oh my gosh, there's like so much stigma surrounding it right now. And I think people are very pushy towards the vaccine and also sort of look at people who aren't vaccinated with like a negative eye. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really good. I mean, it's, I read something where they, they, they predict that 19 out of 20 Democrats will end up being fully vaccinated. We're only one in four Republicans. And since we live in such a blue area, pretty much everybody we know is like, oh, we're all getting vaccinated. Right. Yeah. And then it's like, if you're not a hundred percent, if you're like, oh, I kind of want to wait and see, they look at you a little sideways. Like, why are you questioning this? It's like, yeah. you know, why aren't you questioning it is my take on it. So, you know, one of the things, are you seeing incidents amongst your peers where maybe the parents really want the kid to get vaccinated and the, and the child is maybe ha- having second thoughts? Is there anybody like that that you might be uh, in contact with or talking to? Um, I haven't seen too much of that. Most yeah. of my peers are pretty on board with getting vaccinated. There was one case where a friend of mine we had talked and we were both kind of deciding that we were going to wait until there was more information about the vaccine until we decided to get it. And her mom and dad were both really, they had gotten it and they were like, you should get it. You should get it. Like her Mm -hmm. brother had gotten it and it wasn't like a big argument, but she sort of just caved and got it. Sure. So that's sort of the only instance that I've seen anything like that. Well, and you had, let's see, I'm trying to set this up. You were set to go to the Bahamas for a senior trip. Do I have that right? Yeah. Okay. To to Bermuda. To Bermuda. Okay. And a friend had told you that you needed to be vaccinated to go, right? Yes, correct. Okay. And was that true or not? The reason was because we are going for a week. And if you're not vaccinated, Bermuda just made a new rule that you have to quarantine in a hotel for two weeks. Uh, So the the thing was like, you don't have to be vaccinated to go. It's just, you don't want to be like stuck in a hotel for two weeks before you go outside. So essentially you need to be vaccinated to go unless you want Mm -hmm. to sit in your place and not out in the sun. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, did your parents know you were going to get it or no? Yeah. So I, 
I kind of knew that I was going to have to get it at some point because my college is requiring it and I'm going to be doing a lot of travel in the next year. And like Bermuda, a lot of places I'm going are sort of requiring that. So I talked to my mom and and my dad, and they were both a little hesitant surrounding me getting it. But my dad had sort of told me that J&J might be the best one to get because it's like the only one that doesn't affect your mRNA or something like that. Exactly. They both knew. I don't think they were like too keen on it, but yeah. Like me, like I didn't really want to get it, but it was sort of like a matter of time before I had to get it and it was going to start affecting my day to day. And you're looking at college, you're looking at all these different things and you're like, okay, you know, how bad can it be kind of thing, right? Yeah. I'm just, just going to follow my sword. I don't really want to keep getting these things, but I'm going to go ahead and do it because it seems like the path of least resistance, right? Yeah. 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 So, so then you went out and got it. And what happened afterwards? Like, was it, did something happen immediately afterwards or was it the next day? Did you feel okay getting it? And, and what, what did you start noticing after you got it? Um, so, I mean, immediately after getting it emotionally, I was just very disappointed in myself because I had sort of like held out for such a long time. And yeah. I told people who had gotten it just to be careful. And like, I sort of felt like, I don't really know the word. Like, do you, can you think of like the word I'm looking for? Just sort of like. You betrayed yourself kind of thing? Yeah, I feel like I let myself down by getting it yeah. because it was going against everything that I I had been thinking of and believing in for the past however long the vaccine's yeah. been around. Yeah. And then physically, I would say it was fine. And then maybe four hours afterwards, I got really tired and really hot. And so I, I took a nap for like, I think like five hours and I woke up in just sweats and I was in chills. And before that nap, I was throwing up a bunch. I couldn't keep any food down. And so when I woke up, I had 104 fever Yikes. and I, I was just like, I could barely walk. Like it, it hurt so bad to walk. So my brain felt like it was like jiggling in my head. Mm. So I remember laying down on my living room floor and my boyfriend came over and I had him get the thermometer because I couldn't walk to the medicine cabinet to grab it. And he got it and I read that it was 104 fever. I started crying because that's like pretty high. I was really scared. Very high, yeah. And I hadn't eaten anything and I was just a mess. I was like sweating. Like my hair was like damp from sweat. That was how sweaty I was. And I was freezing cold too, which was scary. And I was just couldn't move. And then I took some Advil and ate a bagel and I felt better, but it was really rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what happened after that? Um, I, I would say after that, I still felt bad. I felt like, like really fatigued and sort of just like I was sick. But before that, I felt like I was like, like really like deathly sick before that. And then I ate and took the medicine and I just felt like kind of like I had the flu and I went to bed and I was fine. And then I woke up the next morning and I I still felt really sick. Like I wasn't throwing up anymore. I didn't have 104 fever. My fever was like 102 or 101, sort of like wavering around that. And should I I tell that story now? Okay. So I knew that I had to eat because I had barely eaten the day before because I was throwing up the whole time. So Mm -hmm. I tried to sleep in as late as I could. It was probably around like nine when I woke up I came downstairs my mom made me tea like we were buttering my bagel I was gonna have some grapes and I was sitting at my breakfast counter and all of a sudden I go blind like I was covering my eyes I was like mom please help me like I can't see and I was really terrified because I'd heard all these horror stories of people having like terrible scary reactions from the vaccine and I was like I can't be this person who goes blind from the vaccine right now. And that's immediately what popped into my head was like, I'm never going to see again. I was freaking out. 
so yeah, I'm blind. And then next thing I know, I'm on the ground and I can't hear anything. And mm. I, I mean, I can go into detail about yeah. what I heard, but I have no idea what happened. I wake up and it sort of sounds like in the movies when there's like shell shock or whatever. And it's yeah. like, your ears are like covered and it was really muted. And my dad was like screaming. He was like, she can't hear, she can't hear. And I was like, what's going on? And apparently I had, I'm a little unclear if it was a seizure or me fainting. Mm-hmm. Um, originally we thought I had fainted because I was holding my eyes saying I was blind. My mom came over to help me and she caught me because I, I guess I had passed out. Mm-hmm. And then my dad carried me down to the ground and ha- I guess had to give me mouth to mouth because I had turned blue and I wasn't breathing. So I oh supposed that I had choked on my tongue and was not able to breathe. Oh and God. then he gave me mouth to mouth. I was able to breathe. And he was like slapping me in the face. <laughs> and I finally woke up and I, apparently I like made this like huge breath sound like, <gasps> like I was like catching my breath again. Oh and I God. woke up and like I said, I couldn't hear anything and I was freaking out and I was shaking and hyperventilating because I literally thought I was going to die. Like, because you hear all this scary stuff about the vaccine. I was like, I'm literally going to die on the day of my prom and (laughs) two days before my graduation. And I remember like I held my dad's hand. I looked up at him and I was like, I don't want to die. And my mom's like at my feet. And I was like, mom, like, please, I don't want to die. And like, everyone was crying and she was on the phone with the paramedics. And then We'll come back to Isabel in just a sec. Now I would like to hear from Isabel's father, Howard, who was there when all this happened and get his perspective on this. Okay, I am here with my friend, Howard Ferguson, friend of the show, Howard Ferguson, and father to Isabel. Howard, welcome to Base Camp for Men. It's great to have you back on the show. Thank you, Tony. It's good to be here again. One of my favorite shows. I'm a religious listener for sure. Love it, love it. And happy Father's Day too, by the way. Well, back at you. Yeah, yeah. What a great day here in Seattle for Father's Day. And you you really received the greatest Father's Day gift of any of us in that you had this strange incident that Isabel and I spoke of, and I wanted to get your side of it as well. Um, but what a terrifying thing uh, to have happen. And, you know, a great gift that she's okay. I chatted with her, obviously, on the show and she's still kind of reeling from the incident, but looks to be like going to be fine and all that. So what a sigh of relief. Um, and so from your perspective, like I went over it with Isabel. Um, she was getting ready to travel on a senior trip. Um, looked like she was going to have to quarantine two weeks if she didn't get vaccinated. Um, so she went ahead. Now, how, what happened? Like, how did she have conversations with you leading up to it? What what was the what was the feeling of uh, for you and Carolyn as she was saying, "Hey, I'm I'm gonna have to get this if I'm gonna go on my senior trip." Well, first let me let me tell you a, a quick backstory, Tony. Yeah. Uh, my youngest daughter Nancy um, was car car abducted when she was uh, maybe six or seven months old. Mm. Um, we were unloading some groceries out of the car. She was asleep in her car seat, and we turned our backs, and somebody had jumped in through the passenger side. Uh, of the car and took off with her Whoa. and, and yeah, she was gone for a couple hours. So you can imagine the, the trauma that, that I went through then. And the, yeah. the only reason I bring this up is, you know, that to this day, you know, chokes me up to think about, but um, you know, I'm, there's not a day that I don't look at that kid and uh, realize that it is a gift that she's here with us because it could have gone, you know, much, much different. I mean, obviously it ended happily and uh, they, they found her, uh, in the abandoned car a couple hours later, the police did. So apparently the thief didn't, uh, didn't know there was a baby 
in the back and what <laughs> wasn't in for uh child abduction but just yeah. wanted a car so yeah. so we were lucky on that but um you know this this in a lot of ways was more traumatizing um and I, i'm not sure why i'm still processing that but uh mm-hmm. anyways i just wanted to, to throw that out there and, and to kind of the magnitude of um of what we went through here 10 days yeah. ago um but to answer your question so i was you know taking a sauna uh 8 30 in the morning and uh isabel came in and we had you know had talked over the last you know six months and shared information on the dangers of the vaccines and you know we, we knew that we were swimming against the tide that all of our friends were pressuring her uh to take the vaccine and you know all of the people that we associate with um save for a hand few a hand, handful of friends that are you know more awake than than the others <laughs> so she came into the sun and she said hey dad you know i'm going to bermuda in in a month and 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 i've got to take the vaccine bermuda's mandatory vaccine and then i'm going to college in september and uh, i understand that they're mandating the vaccine and mm-hmm. um and, and and i want to fly and i want to be free and, and you know i know that we we disagree and we think it's dangerous but I think I'm going to take the Johnson Johnson and, and I advised her not to, uh, especially since you, you know, had graduation and her prom uh, that weekend. Mm-hmm. I said, well, you know, just, just wait five days, you know, until after that and do it. Well, anyways, long story short, when I got out of the sauna, she was gone and I asked her sister, where's Isabel? She said, oh, she, she went to get uh, the vaccine. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, my heart sank and uh, you know, she's 18. She's, yep. she's, a, she's an adult, so she can make her, uh, her own decision. I was in no way or form going to uh, physically restrain her from doing it. Right. Um, and I think I did at one point probably say to her, if you absolutely do decide to do it, you know, do, do the Johnson Johnson's. I think it's the, the lesser of the two evils. Mm-hmm. Um, at least it's not going to, you know, uh, irreparably change your, your DNA and your, your genetic code like the other two. So, so anyway, so she, so she did, she went and got it and I didn't really see her, um, much of that day. And then my wife and I were out to, uh, to dinner and we got a call around eight o'clock from her boyfriend and, and he was a little bit panicked and he said, you know, Isabel's got a 104, 105 fever. She's throwing up. Um, she's, you know, she's, I'm really worried about her. She's burning up. So we, we came home early from dinner and, you know, gave her some aspirin and, uh, some fruit and some liquids some Gatorade and stuff. And she went to bed and the next morning, um, she got up, you know, late about nine, nine 30. And I was in the uh, living room having a, a business call, uh, Mm -hmm. and, and, and Carolyn mom was making breakfast for Isabel and, um, Gosh, oh, I'm uh, hard, to, hard to read. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Really intense. Yep. Sorry. I just no, no, man. dude, you're a father and that was, that was a really close call. Yeah. Just, just recalling it. Um, I mean, so Carol had started screaming. Howard, get in here, get in here now. And I was on a pretty important phone call and I thought, well, the, you know, the dogs are getting in the trash or something. <laughs> I, really, that's what I thought. You know, the dogs have tipped something over. Right, right. Whatever. I, I, and so I kept going on with the, the phone call. And then I heard her tone change. And she said, no, Howard, get in yeah. here now. Something's happened to Isabel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I threw the phone and yeah. uh, ran, ran to the kitchen. And uh, What did you see when you first came into the kitchen? Yeah, so Carolyn was holding her up. Uh, We've got a a kitchen, a bar uh, level height 
counter uh, yeah. breakfast bar. So she was sitting on a stool. Isabel was, and apparently I, I learned later that uh, she was, you know, having her tea and her orange juice that she all of a sudden said to her mom, you know, hey, mom, I'm, I'm blind. I can't see mm-hmm. everything's gone dark. I'm scared. Mm-hmm. Help me, help me. And so Carolyn, you know, dropped what she was doing at the stove and walked around uh, the, the bar and was kind of rubbing her shoulders. Um, you know, what, what, what's going on? Come on, let's, you know, breathe, you know, just trying to comfort her. She was kind of panicked you know, that she, that she had lost her sight. And, yeah. um, and then Caroline uh, tells tells it that uh, all of a sudden she fell back, her head and and back fell fell into Caroline's chest, and Caroline thought, "Oh, she's you know, she's cuddling with me because she wants she wants to be supported emotionally." Yeah. And and then and Caroline looked around and then saw that uh, her eyes were uh, rolled up in the back of her head, and uh, and she was literally as white as a sheet, and her uh, her lips were blue. Yeah. Yeah, whoa. and so that's what I saw when I came into the kitchen was Carolyn mm-hmm. holding her, and she was uh, she was kind of rigid. Her body was like, like she was standing up on the stool, mm. um, you, you know, on the footrest type thing. And yeah. uh, so I, I grabbed Isabel from Carolyn, told Carolyn called nine one one, and uh, yeah, she was you know she was. I thought she was gone, Tony. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then did I you? She was dead. She was not breathing. Um, she, you know, she was she was gone. And uh, I was, you know, slapping her lightly on the face, saying, "Isabel, come back, come back." At this point, uh, her younger sister had come down, heard the commotion, and uh, both her and Carolyn were screaming hysterically. Yeah. And, uh, you know, oh, God, do something, do something. And uh, so I was just slapping her. She was just as blue and white as could be, and. Uh, was she still breathing at this point? Or no, she, she was not breathing. Uh, no, there was not, nothing coming out of her nose or mouth. And so I tried to uh, lay her down, but uh, like I said, her, her feet had gone uh, underneath the, the foot bar on the counter. So I, I couldn't, she was, you know, stiff, almost rigor mortis like, and, uh, and I couldn't lay her down. I would have literally would have broken her, uh, her, her ankles because they were lodged behind the, uh, mm. the bar. So I kind of held her in my arms there tilted her head back and uh, plugged her nose and, and started giving her mouth to mouth. And, uh, and about, I think, as I recall, approximately the fourth uh, breath, um, she gasped and, and then took a huge breath and started breathing again. Um, and then I, I said, Nancy, get over here and get her feet out from under the, 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 the foot bar. And Nancy did that. And then we laid her down on the ground. And she opened her eyes and said, what happened? Where am I? And uh, she said, I can't hear because we were talking to her. And uh, she said, I can't hear anything, Dad. And she just, she gave me her hand and she said, hold my hand. I don't want to die. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, here's a kid you've got to check, you know, what are her prior conditions? What is her, you know, prior health issues? You know, none, 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 none. Here's an 18-year-old, absolutely perfect health child. Never been to the hospital for or doctors for anything other than a checkup that goes into, you know, a uh, near death situation. And there's no doubt that if, um, you know, I wouldn't have been there and her mom wouldn't have been there, she would be not be here right now. There's no question in my mind. Absolutely. She was on her way out. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and filling out the report, the, the last question is, you know, what was the outcome of the uh, adverse event? And it's like, you know, went to doctor's visit, went mm-hmm. to the ER, was hospitalized. And then the fourth 
boxes, patient died, mm-hmm. date and time. And I mean, I just stopped and sobbed. I just said, yeah. I mean, there's going to be a lot of fucking parents that have to check that box. And, I know. I and know. it just furiates me. Fuck. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm just, I'm just fired up to, yeah. to, to try to wake people up. And I'm, I'm still kind of processing what that's going to look like. But um, I hear you. We've had the same conversations in my house, too. You know, it's such a strange time to be living in a liberal city. I mean, I still go in, I'm going to get a little pointed here, but I can still go into stores and be the only one without a mask. I'm like, wait a minute, you people are all fully vaccinated. The store policy is you don't have to wear a mask. We're just recommending you do. The governor is saying, I'm leaving it up to the businesses. You don't have to wear one. And I go in there and there's 80 people wearing masks and me. And there's yeah. a part, there's a part of me, the warrior part, the part that's done men's work is the, what I think when I look, especially at the men, I'm like, you fucking weaklings, yeah. you fucking weaklings. Like, that's yeah. what I think. Like, it's hard for me to suppress how lame, like that you're not thinking for yourself. You like wearing something that's covering your face where you can't breathe as well. Am I getting that right? Right. And it just... It's beyond, it doesn't even piss me off. I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. Right. How can I be the only one? And now I'm starting to see more in the hardware stores, right? But I still go to the grocery store up here and it's just like, it's just me, you know? And I'm like, wow. I mean, I asked Isabel, like, why are people keeping the masks on? You know, I've seen some videos of people asking people, why are you wearing a mask? You're outside and you're fully vaccinated. Right. And they don't, you know, they have a variety of answers. Like, I feel better. Uh, I'm virtue signaling, basically, is what they're saying. Or... I gave people so much shit about not wearing the mask before that I don't want to be one of those now. I can't join their ranks of taking the mask off because I was the one that was calling them idiots the whole time. Yeah. So it's there's an interesting array. Are you? I mean, what's your take on? Are you still seeing when you go to the store? Are you are people taking it down where you're at? You're a little further south than me. Or- no, I'd say ninety five percent. You know, I'm not wearing uh, one anymore since, I don't know, maybe a week ago. And nobody yeah. said anything to me. One gal, a ch- checkout gal at uh, Bartels, um, I got to the, I turned in line and she looked at me and she she said, were you told not to wear a mask or did you just decide not to wear one? And, and I, I said, excuse me? She repeated <laughs> herself and I said, well, I just decided not to wear one. Why Why would anybody want to wear one of these? And she just looked at me with this pissed off look and, and checked me out. But, you know, I just shook my head. So, But nobody's harassing me anymore. Whereas, right. you know, two weeks ago, I would have been jumped on, you know, yeah. by t- yeah. 10, 10 people, most likely liberals in the stores, you know, saying, you selfish bastard, what are you doing? Right, so, right, totally. So. I mean, it's, t- it's tempting. You know, you and I have lived here in Seattle for a long time. And there's, you know, when I see other states like Florida or Texas or Idaho, when I see them banning, you know, I saw DeSantis said, you know, no more mask mandates for anybody, banning uh, critical race theory in schools, uh, no mandatory vaccinations, you can't discriminate. I see that. I'm like, I got to get over there with them because I'm going to be able to, you know, feel like I've got some breathing room. My kid's going to be educated in this really good way, not, you know, be given racist, you know, uh, doctrination. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to run. Like I'm a fighter. I want to make it better here. Seattle's still a great city, but we've been inundated with all of these radical left, um, ideals or ideas. And 
there's a part of me, it's like my son is going to school here. I have community here. I have roots here. I don't want to run. I don't want to run to Coeur d'Alene or to Florida. That's, that's not me. Um, but when I see other states taking the steps that I would like to see taken, I'm like, man, they got it so much better politically and just, you know, their, their, governor's on top of it. I mean, what, what are yeah. your thoughts on that? Are you, you're sticking, you're sticking for the long haul here, even though it's, you know, the tide has moved again. Yeah. Yeah. But I went through that same exercise you did. I mean, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe a year ago, I mean, we started looking at property in uh, Idaho and yeah. uh, Texas and, and I bought a big pickup truck and GPS and a lot of camping gear. And I, I really thought there was a chance that we, we might have to bug out of Seattle for one yep. reason or another. Um, right. But, but I've come, I've, I've just really done some soul searching on that. And, and ever since I was a little kid, I, I be in grade school daydreaming and I'd be sketching, you know, uh, pictures of Mount Rainier or the Space Needle. Yeah. And and I'd never been here. I didn't know anybody in Seattle. It was really kind of freaked me out. I'm like, why am I so obsessed with uh, with Seattle? And uh, and a lot of things, you know, like that have led me here, including, you know, meeting my wife in Paris, who was from Seattle. And so, yeah. so here I am. So I, I feel like I'm, I'm destined to be here. Yep. Um, and, and so now I've really kind of come around and I thought, you know, you and I have talked about, you know, what a pain in the ass it can be living, you know, being an awake person in a, in a city that's asleep like this. But uh, I, I think it's our mission to be here, Tony. And, yeah. uh, and, you know, we'd be preaching to the choir if we were in Texas or Florida, right? I mean, who could we, who could yeah. we convert? So what are, what are your final messages for parents, maybe who are on the fence around this notion, or maybe they've already been vaccinated. They've, they, they've stepped into the vaccines They're They've done it, but they're now they're starting to go, eh, or maybe they've had, they're starting to hear some, some side effects maybe that people are having, or maybe they've had a relative that had a, something really bad happen. And they're, so they're starting to question it. If more vaccines come out, I mean, what would your message be to, to parents of young people that are, when they're, when they're questioning the ones that are just like, no, I'm going to trust the science and every vaccine they roll out, I'm getting, those aren't going to hear anything, but there's some, I know there's some parents that are like, I don't know. I'm not sure. Should I, my pediatrician saying do it, but now I'm hearing this. What would your message be to them? Well, clearly I, my message would be don't, don't do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I I mean, there's, it takes, I think eight years uh, generally to develop a vaccine and then uh, a number of additional years to test it on humans. And the fact that they, you know, this operation warp warp speed was done in, um, you know, just under a year is, is completely suspect. And, uh, Mm -hmm. and, and especially for young people that have shown no, uh, you know, uh, they weren't affected by this. I mean, other than I, I had the supposed COVID, um, my whole family did. And it was, yeah. you know, it was no worse than the, the, the annual uh, influenza or cold that, that you get every year. So, um, and I'm 59 and I, you know, I was felt like shit for four days, but drank some night, night cool and was back at it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the kids got it and they didn't even have any symptoms, but they, you know, they were later tested for the antibodies. So they, they did have it. Yeah. So, so the kids don't need the vaccine. So why, in, why in God's green earth would anybody subject a, a, a potentially, you know, life-threatening hazardous poisonous vaccine for, for something that's at worst going to give you a, a cough and some sniffles. Right. Right. I hear you. You know, I mean, if you're 70 and you've got comorbidities, you know, then maybe 
you, you consider it. I couldn't give that same advice, but for children that are healthy, gosh, no, don't do it. Well, you used to work on Wall Street. You could say the risk reward ratio oh. is not in your favor on that, right? It's Absolutely same. not. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. you would go the other way on that one all day long. So Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Howard, for coming on and being so vulnerable and speaking your truth and sharing your story. Um and God bless you and your family. I'm so happy. I, 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 you're friends of mine. And I'm so, when I got that text message from you about what yeah. happened, I yeah. was like, I wasn't sure she was going to be completely okay. I was like, whoa, this is really out there. Um, speaking with Isabel um, on the episode, on the podcast episode, I could see, okay, she's, she's back. She's totally herself. And I'm like, okay, good. That's, that's a really good sign. Cause I really wasn't sure what to expect right. um, after I got that message from you. So um, super thankful for, for her, for having her health back. And thank you so much again for coming on Howard. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Tony. I'm happy to, to get the word out there and, and, and don't uh, forget to take every opportunity to hug your kids because you just never know when it's going to be the last time you see them. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Happy Father's Day. Yeah. Happy Father's Day to you, buddy. All Thanks right. So Cheers. Yep. Cheers. Bye, Tony. This isn't like an annoying cold. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it was a really close call. You know, I, I've also read quite a few of the stories. It's super scary. I mean, I saw Eric Clapton, the famous um, guitarist, he did a, like a public service thing saying, be careful getting vaccinated. He didn't think he was ever going to be able to play guitar again. Wow. He was having weird seizures and he was like, it was this weird thing in my brain, in my body where my hands couldn't play. And he goes, for, for me to not be able to play guitar is the most terrifying thing in the world. That's how I express everything. And he's like, I'm working my way back, but it was super scary. I could see how somebody could lose, you know, all their function or their lives by, by getting it. Um, and so what, you know, I'm curious, like how, what are your thoughts now? Like, as you try to navigate the same kind of terrain we're all navigating, which is we're trying to hold on to what's our truth. You know, they're trying to put things in place saying, well, you, you have to be fully vaccinated to do this or to go to mm -hmm. college. You have to be full. Like, how are you navigating that? Is it changing where you're thinking you might go to college or what you do after high school, or you just kind of, you know, know, you know, I, I would think perhaps it would set your resolve to say, I'm not going to be lined up to get these shots just to do X. Right. I don't want to speak for you. Like what, how has it changed your thinking and, and how do you plan this early adulthood? You're getting ready to get out in the world and perhaps go to college. How do you, how do you navigate that when it seems like, I'm not going to say every college is requiring it, but there's certainly some of them have come out and said we are requiring it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like the way you phrased holding on to your truth a lot because I think this experience for me has really like cleared my vision in terms of the vaccine and sort of like this whole this whole COVID thing. Like I've already gotten it, so I'm still going to go to Villanova where I'm planning on going after my gap year, which we can talk about later. But um I mean, just because I already have it, like I have it, you know, but if I could go back, I would definitely not have done that because now it's like, it's just scary being in my own body. Like there's this random vaccine floating around in my body and I'm like scared that I'm going to faint or have a seizure or whatever, because mm -hmm. even like two days after that whole thing had happened, I was on a walk with some friends and I, I started going blind. Like I had the day mm -hmm. before. And, and I was like, guys, guys, I'm like about to faint. And everyone started freaking out and crying because of what had just happened. And it's like, now that I've gotten the vaccine, there's like nothing I can do to get it out of me. Yeah. And so yeah. like, I don't know. I hope that my story can 
be eye-opening for other people. So it's like, don't, don't get it because once you get it, it's too late and you can't take it back. And like going back to holding on to your truth, I completely went against my truth by getting it. So that's a regret I have. But at the same time, it is sort of nice now that I can travel and go to college. But I do think that it's completely ridiculous to have that be mandatory because it's not really anyone's business, whether you're vaccinated or not. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. And um, yeah, it's, you know, I think you've gotten one shot. I think it, it may end up being, I know you're a really healthy young person and you come from a healthy family. You, you may be where it's like, you just take exquisite care of yourself. You know, you just, you, you just roll up your sleeves and say, I'm going to be one of those people that's just like really interested in health, how to detox. What do people do to detox if they've gotten, you know, cause a lot of, we vaccinated our kids a lot, probably over vaccinated them. Yeah. You know, I mean, I look yeah. back and I wish, I wish I wouldn't have, gotten Lucas vaccinated so much. Um, you know, we pretty much followed the, the CDC guidelines and now I go, Oh my God, why did I do that? But, um, you know, he might just be someone that needs to take really good care of himself because he's gotten a lot of these, a lot of these vaccines. I think in the end, you know, 50 years from now when, when we're, you know, I think people look back and go, wow, that, what a, what a mistake that was to get all those vaccines, all those for generations, you know what I mean? Like it's it's one thing thing to vaccinate against polio and you know, the two or three I got when I was a kid, but now they're doing so many and you know, the the big pharma is making so much money on it. It's so transparent that that's driving it. Um, And, Oh, but you know what else I wanted to ask you? Why aren't people, are young people taking their masks off now? I mean, if everybody's vaccinated, I still go to the store and I still don't see, I still don't see people taking masks off here. It's weird. Like everybody's got their masks on. I know it, it makes no sense. <laughs> I mean, are, are, are your friends, do they go into the store? Do they put the mask on or are they going, no, I don't need to do that. I mean, what, what's the take on that? Um, so most of my, well, all of my friends pretty much are vaccinated. And so yeah. from what I've talked to them about it, I think everyone's pretty much over being masked and over social distancing just so that we can have like a normal high school summer. Yeah. So that's good at least, but it's pretty much like they're just justifying it by like, I'm vaccinated. So I don't have yeah. to do this and I don't have to wear a mask. Although they still will wear their masks in the grocery store. I think it's just like, habit. that's what other people are doing. Yeah. Habit and just sort of like. I guess they're trying to do it out of respect. Although like if you're vaccinated, then you don't have to wear a mask. So there's no point. I don't know why they do it, but. I saw a great interview, somebody uh, on telegram. It was, he was going around asking people that were outside wearing masks if they've been vaccinated and they all were. And he's like, why are you wearing the mask? And like some of the answers I was like, you can't. like so, some people were just going, I'm used to it. One woman said, I like it. One, one oh said, God. one said, I was acting like such an asshole to the people that weren't wearing masks that now I can't take it off. Like, because I'll be one of them. It's like, we forgive you for being an a-hole to us. Like, just take it off and breathe. And it just didn't make any sense. And he was like, you don't need to wear the mask outside, especially if you've been fully vaccinated. Why are you still doing it? And they were all kind of shrugging it off. Like, I don't even really have a good answer for that. It's like, wow this is kind of unbelievable. It's a weird social engineering experiment that I'm witnessing. Right. So yeah, there's like this whole thing that I've seen on social media and some of my friends have started mirroring it. It's like, if you're outside not wearing a mask, you have to be holding a mask or like show that a mask <laughs> on you to prove that you're not conservative. And it's like this yeah. whole stupid political game that my friends and like, honestly, social media and like that whole community in general just love to play. So it's like, yeah. if you're, 
don't have a mask on and you're not holding a mask, then you're conservative. But if you're wearing a mask, like you're a good person, like a good liberal, it's just so weird. Oh my God. Unbelievable. Um, so what's coming up for you? You said something about gap year. Did you commit already to Villanova? Is that where yes. you're going to go to school? What a great school. That means you're going to be a big basketball fan because they got a great <laughs> basketball team. I know. So, I'm going to have to start keeping up with that. Yeah. Well, the East Coast is fantastic. I lived out there for 10 years. You're going to have a ball out there. But what are you going to do in between? Are you going to take one year and not go right away to Villanova? Yeah. So I decided to take a year off just because I wanted to have like a normal college experience and COVID's not quite over yet. I also had like some really cool opportunities, such as I'm going to culinary school in Paris in October. Whoa. whoa. (laughs) And then I'm modeling in Tokyo in the spring. That's awesome. Yeah, just in the spring. And then I'll go to Villanova fall of 2022. You know, some of this, as you know from talking to your dad, some of this might unfold where you're not going to really need to be doing vaccinations at Villanova the year you go. It could <laughs> it could all wash out. I mean, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. There's a lot of things going on in our favor. So um, keep holding on to your truth. Um, don't let, don't let, the tea leaves scary if they're saying, oh, it's going to be this. It's not necessarily going to go that way. We've got a lot of things going for us. So keep holding on to your heart and your truth. And thank you so much for coming on Basecamp for Men, um, Isabel. It was really great to have you on. And we'll have to do another one. Uh, maybe when you're over in France or something, we can connect and do another yeah. show. Yeah, that'd be fun. So it sounds like you're you're getting some of the skills your mom has and your dad by going yep. over to culinary school, right? Yeah. All right. I love going over to your house for dinner because everybody makes such great food over there. Yeah, so. now I can help cook too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much and good luck. And good luck with your health too. I know everything's going to be fine. And thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks for having me, Tony. I hope you enjoyed our time with Isabel and Howard. I so appreciate how honest and vulnerable both of them were, and I hope this story will serve to awaken parents and anyone who's on the fence with this important issue. And I'd like to finish with a list someone made of 25 reasons our family is declining the COVID-19 shots. Let's see if any of these resonate with you, even if you're all in on the vaccines. Here's the list. Number one, created at warp speed in nine months. Number two, no long-term safety testing. Number three, not proven to prevent infection and transmission. You can still get it even after you're vaccinated. Number four, emergency use authorization, not FDA approved. Number five, lack of trust in inconsistent government medical advice. Number six, not necessary for a virus with a 99.98% survival rate. Number seven, adverse events and deaths are mostly unadvertised and underreported. So very true. Number eight, unknown long-term effects of this new mRNA gene technology. Number nine, personal family history of blood clots, drug reactions, and stroke. Number 10, natural immunity after COVID-19 infection. Number 11, hidden list of unfamiliar ingredients. Number 12, lack of informed consent is unethical. So true. Number 13, safe and effective treatments and preventatives are available. Number 14, vaccine makers can't be sued for injury or death. This is true. A lot of people don't know that. Number 15, Moderna and Johnson & Johnson have no past track record making vaccines. Number 16, Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson all have controversial reputations. Number 17, these shots don't fit the traditional definition of a vaccine. Number 18, one-size-fits-all adult doses are not customized for age, weight, or gender. Number 19, too many conflicts of interest among vaccine experts and CEO. So true. 
Number 20, marketing campaign with celebrities and incentives is too intense. Number 21, media censorship of opposing medical experts is unprecedented. Very true. Number 22, unjust suppression of social media reports from vaccine victims and their families. Number 23, moral conflicts from the use of aborted fetal cells in vaccine testing. Number 24, prayer has brought us peace and discernment about our decision. And lastly, number 25, my body, my choice. Do all of these reasons sound crazy to you or well-considered? We're just asking the question here. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. Men, good luck in all your endeavors and good luck on your hero's journey. This is Tony Rezac, and you're listening to Basecamp for Men. 